I put that together, but somewhere along the no, line. You know what? Like, we should probably explain that at the top. We, we probably we should. Guests. They're like, but you guys are very compatible. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Hello and Goodbye. I'm Leanna. I'm Jared. And we have a super cool interview for you guys today mm-hmm. with two gorgeous women from the Woke Mystics uh, podcast, Imani and Ellen. And you guys are going to get to know them here shortly. We did want to let you guys know, so there was a, a big portion of the interview that we decided to cut out because... I think I was more interested in it than you guys were. Leanna, for some reason, believed that people might not know their sign, their zodiac <laughs> sign, and that what would be good is to explain all of the zodiac signs. Which yeah. Which was not as which was, riveting yeah. listening as you would think it would be. Which was so generous and understanding of Imani and Ellen to go through all of that uh, with us. Um, so obviously, you know, if you don't know your astrology sign, go look it up, um, figure out what your, what personality things can go Mm -hmm. along with that. You know, they do talk about like the air, water, earth, and fire signs. So that would be interesting to know what you are. Mm -hmm. So find out what your air, what your sign is in terms of air, water, oh, element, what your element is. Yes. And um, then we also, they get into like doing the full chart, which is a whole other level. Yeah. So like your rising, your set moon sign, your, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's sun sign, your Venus, you should know your yeah, Venus. Yeah. So, so just kind of like, you know, if you want to play along, like just go do like a full chart thing on. Yeah. There's this thing called Google where you can. <laughs> find all of this information about astrology and all sorts of stuff. Um, And one more thing is for some reason, our audio got cut out at the very end. So, um, you know, we want to make sure that you guys go follow them at the woke mystics with an X um, on Instagram, but also if audio sounds a little weird, that's why. So just bear with us. The interview is super cool though. Um, Both Imani and Ellen are amazing. And we hope that you just, it's fun. It's yes, fun, it's like, lighthearted. And we talk about us a lot. That's true. Surprise, <laughs> about, surprise. Like, what our sign means, uh-huh. what our compatibility is. Uh, they think Jared and I are a couple. Yep. They kept telling us how compatible we Not are. the first time that's happened, not the last time. Um, also, I just think that they had like a really like soothing cool vibe soup way cooler yeah. than we are yes way cooler so anyway yeah. guys that's coming your way so um stay tuned and then before we go any farther if you can just pause the episode for a moment go to apple Podcasts, click the five star maybe leave a really cool review um saying how cool we are and every review every rating helps the show get seen and we really appreciate you guys doing that absolutely tell a friend yep share on instagram thank you amy she's like a constant supporter of the podcast yes, thanks amy for big up on us um and you know we we just have we just hear from you guys so often we just absolutely love it so keep yes. hitting us up if you want to monetarily support the podcast you can go to patreon.com hello and goodbye podcast it's three dollars a month it'll take you 
four minutes to sign up. Mm -hmm. You can do it, become a supporter. Um, we wanna stay listener supported so we don't have to do ads. So just head over there, do that for us. And that's it. That's it. Yay. Okay, what's, what's, what's happening in your life? Okay, well the biggest update I have to give you guys uh -huh. is last episode we had talked about how I may be meeting the hinge guy, the guy that I've been now talking with for five weeks. Yeah, can we talk about this whole thing started <laughs> with you breaking like the cardinal rule of dating, which is don't get in deep with someone that you haven't met. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Just broke it so hard. And you're so, you're and so I'm deep. So, I'm so <laughs> deep. There's no way out. Guys, still haven't met him. Still have not met this guy. It's been a little up and down. Um, a little up and down. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I just, here's my opinion, okay? Uh -huh. Whether or not I think this is gonna be a disaster of a relationship or maybe we'll have a shot, not meeting this person would be the life of me. Yeah, like at this point you need at to At this know. point I need to meet in person. That So if there's zero chemistry, Boom. That's almost then the best case scenario. It's almost the best case scenario. <laughs> There's zero chemistry. Um, you know, it, you asked me, I was kind of telling you like the story, like yeah. the full length story, which guys, I probably won't share it unless it's like months or yeah, weeks yeah. after or whatever, because I'm going to be respectful to him because I'm sharing my side of the story. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, I'm sure if you sat down with him, you'd understand his side of the story too. Of course. Yeah. So. You asked me like, what is it that I like about him? Mm -hmm. He's really kind. Oh, that He's is, really that's kind. He has a, a soothing, gentle nature to him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to fight. He doesn't mm -hmm. want to argue. Mm -hmm. He, when we do have little spats or whatever, he says, I hear you, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I, I do think he's yeah. really kind. That's, that's I think lovely. he's a gentle okay. soul. And so that's what I like. Mm -hmm. Do you know what my favorite compliment is? And I don't know if this fits, but it's- you like, have kind it, eyes? No, no, that's a good one though. <laughs> um, I use this all the time, like when I when I like when I write letters of recommendations for like students or former employees or whatever. But like, um, I think like thoughtfulness mm. is like the most important quality mm. in a person. You yeah, know? I agree. Thoughtfulness is really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just trying. I am just trying to be patient. It uh -huh. feels like I'm in one of those horrible dreams where you are trying to get to what you're trying to get to, and you just can't get there. Yes, an anxiety. I feel dream. like I'm losing my shit. Like I I'm just like, you know what? I, I just I just it's like I need to make this happen like so hard that the universe is like, nope, we're not gonna let it happen. So mm. I just I know I have to just let it go. But you and I did I did kind of manifest today. I was like, listen, <clears throat> universe <laughs> I am open to whatever the best thing is for me. So if that means this door opens and I meet him great. If that means that door needs to be shut for good, okay. If it means the door opens and we go into a relationship, great. If it means I meet the door opens and I meet him and there's zero chemistry, great. Great. You know, I'm just, I'm trying at this point, like at this point we are communicating peacefully <laughs> and we are trying to find a time to meet whether that happens or not. I have no idea. Uh, well, good luck.
all all of our hopes and dreams go with you. Um, well, and I, I just want to say, at the risk of getting too existential, that is. I feel like this is the hardest thing in life and being a human being is that sometimes we need to really like fight for things that are important to us. And sometimes we need to accept sort of what the universe is telling mm-hmm. us, I know. which is like, this is not for you. And it's so hard to know which is which. I know. You know, you're like, is this one where like, you know, things that are worthwhile, like take effort and take time and whatever, you know, and like it, you know, just because something doesn't fall on your lap, like if that's how we all felt, like none of us would get anywhere in our lives and accomplishing like our big goals and dreams and stuff. But sometimes there is something like about like going with like the Tao of the universe of being in the flow of the universe and not like fighting against what is, but accepting what is Mm -hmm. and dancing with life instead of wrestling with it. Right. Um, and I, I don't know, yeah. Well, so it's just hard. It's hard as like, is this, well, is this trauma being triggered mm. and then being scared and running away? Yeah. Or is it the universe saying no? And, and so to me, that's something like, I just, you know, and I obviously I noticed this in my last relationship too. I just have a really hard time saying goodbye. Mm. Like I don't like losing people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also don't like just giving up. Like I'm not someone that just gives up on things. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know. So um, I mean, and I I feel that like you jokingly called me out, but in a in a like insightful way when we were talking about this earlier. For like, I've hung on way too long mm-hmm. with things, you know, and like given people too many chances and whatever. But like. I don't know, like too long or too many is is like a judgmental way to phrase it, but because I don't think I would take it all back, but like I know what it's like to be where you are, mm-hmm. right? Which is like, you know, God, like this is hard and this part sucks, but like there's something here that is keeping me like fighting for this, sticking with this. Sometimes, right, like we've talked about this a lot, like tolerating things is important. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes like, oh, this is uncomfortable or this is scary or whatever. You know, like sometimes like running away or doing whatever you can to like push that feeling away, you know, like the the wisdom lies in just tolerating it and being like, okay, this is uncomfortable. I feel a little scared. I feel a little frustrated. Like, let's see what happens. Yeah. Right? And that sounds like that's what you're doing. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. I am trying. It's we, been a whirlwind. You and I have a wager. We do. Where, which is, we sort of did the reverse of the wager that we would both yeah. want to make as a hedge. So if you end up meeting up with this person. Then I owe you $20. Then you owe me $20. If if it doesn't happen, then you owe me $20. No. No, it's the other way. If it doesn't way. happen, you owe me 20 I'm not going to owe you $20 both ways. Oh, I was trying. <laughs> I wasn't trying to trick you just then, I but know, I wish I, I had. <laughs> I wish I had. Yes. So, yeah. So, if I don't meet up with them, you owe me 20. If I do meet up with them, I owe you 20. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. So, anyway. All right, guys. Well, I wish I had an update for you, but I don't. So, that's it. Well, that's the update Well, that's plus the update plus yeah, another cliffhanger. Yeah. Another yeah, two weeks. Exactly. Um, so, 
I did reach out to the shoes guy again, the guy that got me the Nikes. Yeah, Because yeah. I had told him I would let him know either way. Yeah. Right? And so I reached out to him and just said, listen, I, I told you I'd contact you. Yeah. And I just want you to know I still think about you. I still like you a lot. Uh-huh. I said, but my situation is still a little unclear. Uh-huh. And I just hope you're doing well. What? <laughs> Like we just just to keep him on the line. Just well, to just keep because him I on. wanted him to think that I wasn't ghosting him or I wasn't keeping that's my fair. word. Okay, that's nice. yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. want him to think I wasn't keeping yeah, my yeah. word because I told him about mid mid May. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because um, you assumed incorrectly that you would have some resolution yes. by now. <laughs> that is correct. Okay. Um, and he was so sweet. His response was so sweet and understanding. And he's like. Um, He's like, yeah, he's like, I just really feel a strong connection with you and no worries. Like, I I get it. And just thank mm-hmm. you so much for reaching out. It was just really sweet. So I am rooting for this. Guy. <laughs> I just want to say that so far. Oh, man. It just feels so much more comfortable for me to have to fight for love, though. Mm, that's yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm just not done fighting for this. Well, but the question an interesting question is like, why aren't you done with him? And just being like, my time and energy and emotion is too valuable. I've invested enough and you now lose the privilege of being in my life. Because I think that he is fearful. Mm -hmm. I think he's fearful of intimacy Mm -hmm. and I don't, and I think that right now I'm okay with, being the one to kind of be on the fishing hook line a little bit. Yeah, like I, I, I get that. Like I think in any like I want like, to give him you're the like, space. I'm gonna fight for this. Yeah. And in any good relationship, there's times where like both people take that role of like I'm gonna believe in this. I'll be the strong one. Like blah blah. You know, as long as later on when it's like I need you to carry me for a little yeah. bit right and like yeah, yeah I just feel like I feel like I need to give him the space because I haven't been an angel in all of this either and he's still mm-hmm. around he's mm-hmm. still open to meeting me mm-hmm. uh, don't no, give me that look. I'm not <laughs> so I don't know I just um well I, we'll see we're excited we'll see okay. yeah so stay tuned okay um what's going on with you well, I shared last episode that I had like, you know, like hung out with someone and like things got a little physical and it didn't feel comfortable for me and blah, blah, blah. And I was like still processing that through. And then, so she and I talked on Thursday maybe. And I just said, hey, I don't know if you were reading this, but I said, I had like a really nice time with you, but you know, like, the intimacy stuff like at some point got like I don't you know I just like wasn't that comfortable and I wasn't sure what to make of it and um you know but still like kind of like I'm doing a bad job explaining it now I feel like I sounded better when I talked to her (laughs) I'm sure you did um but just you know like I think you're great and you know I said but to be honest like I don't you know I don't really know where I am in terms of dating and like that's something that you and I had talked about like, you know, a few weeks ago. And I said, for some reason it was important to me to say this part, but I said, I don't know if that's a function of like, 
if it's just sort of where I am and I'm not in a place that I'm sort of ready or open for that deeper connection, like deeper intimacy stuff, or if just we don't have that connection or whatever it is. Um, and she was very sweet about it and said, well, you know, it sounds like you need to kind of just take some time to like figure out like where you are and what you want. And I said, absolutely. Um, I appreciate that. And yeah. And then was I that through text, phone or person? Phone. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. Do you think that's okay? Yeah, that's totally. Okay, right? Like, I think text is fine too, to be honest. I mean, if you're not in a relationship. This was, I think, I think we've like hung out too many times oh, okay. for it to be text. Yeah, I mean, phone obviously is more considerate. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if it's like a couple dates, texting's fine. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, no, I think that's great, friend. Thanks. It sounds like she's a really sweet, nice person. She's a sweet, lovely which person. Which maybe is why you're not attracted to her. <laughs> <laughs> This is great. I love that we're just going in on each other hard today. Uh, yeah, that's probably why. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, you, 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 it's so funny. So I'm the same way. It's like you're drawn to sweet women, but then you're not. And the women that stick around are the ones who are a little bit of a, uh, up and down. Well, you know what? Okay, I was talking about this with my therapist on Wednesday. And then I had this, and I wish I could exp I wish I could remember what it was. I had either like a dream or a memory that occurred to me, like the probably like Thursday, like right after my therapy appointment, that like profoundly like reinforced this message that I I have this deep core limiting belief, like from my trauma and shit, that I'm like mean. That you're mean. Yeah. That I'm like a mean, like cruel, sort of like nasty person. And yeah, because so, that and was so, the first thought that came into my mind <laughs> in all these years of knowing you. But no, but see, and that's the thing, right? So I'm constantly, and I think it comes from like shame around my family and like sort of like the fighting and violence that I was around and that I didn't want other people to see or know about, right? So it comes from that. And so I'm constantly like trying to do things for others and be a caring, considerate person. In some ways, like over the top, because I need to like dis I need to prove to myself that that's not mm -hmm. what I am, or or that like that like if people saw the real me, that's what they would see. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so why does that, why do you think that makes you drawn to sweet women? Well, well, but so this is the thing you were saying that, except then I, I don't stay with them. And, and you and I have talked about like, there are certain exes of mine that were like, not very nice and like pretty tough, but that's sure. The, tough is an interesting <laughs> word. Okay. <laughs> but that's, but that's the thing, right? Like if someone is is super tough and strong and they don't always have the kid gloves on with me, then I'm like less afraid of like, oh, I need to, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you feel like you don't want to be the meanest person in the relationship? Yeah, maybe something like that. <laughs> no, I mean, because I think if someone is very, is, is nothing but 
sort of sweet and sunny and vulnerable, which, by the way, no one is that. Mm-hmm. I dated someone who pretended to be that and thought that she was that, but wasn't that. Mm. In the end, it turned out. Um, but if someone is like nothing but that, if that's what they present to the world, then it's like it's like having this very like delicate porcelain thing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I now I have to like walk around and like protect this thing and I have to be worried about like, well, if I drop it, what's going to happen or mm-hmm. whatever, as opposed to like, okay, like this person, you had said this too, has been through their own stuff, mm-hmm. like knows themselves, like, you know, can say like, cut it the fuck out when they want someone to cut it the fuck out and whatever, right? Like, Do you so think it's less- you and I though jump to the gun too fast? jump what gun to okay because like you and i were talking about this earlier is like you know um i have a hard time when the person is too positive because it's like well what they're so positive are they just like not allowing themselves to feel negative feelings have they not been through anything in their life are they just trying to make everybody else happy and because and they don't prioritize their feelings. Like that's to me, like too happy, mm-hmm. too positive is like it. It it makes me run. Well, because well, and I think that that's actually, and I, I think that you know, like Jade said in you know from dating after divorce, right? When we had that episode, right? Like so, what people present at first is like a version, right? And mm-hmm. so some people. That's what they want to be. They want to be like positive and upbeat and whatever. And so I think like, yes, you're right that to sort of see that and immediately assume that that deeper level isn't there, I think is a mistake most times. And I don't know. I don't know if I, if I do that, if I, because to me, I guess the question I'm always trying to determine with somebody is like, can this person like see me and understand me and like know me and will they allow themselves to be seen and known? Mm-hmm. I'm that way too. And understood, right? Yeah. I'm always worried that I'm not, I, I mean, I don't know that I've ever felt seen mm. in a, in a relationship. Mm-hmm. How much is that because you don't let yourself be seen? Oh, probably a lot. <laughs> I um, love that we're going like, you way know, deep right now. Do you now. know who my ideal partner would be? Who? Gary Mendez from A Million Little Things. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, I've been binge watching this show. It's on Hulu. It's actually airing on TV live right now, but mm-hmm. it's on Hulu. There's three episodes and I'm almost through season one. I'm sorry, there's three seasons. I'm almost through season one. Um, it's so good. What is his story? Because when you said the title, I was remembering that book, A Million Little Pieces, but it's not that. It's not A Million Little Pieces, A um, Million Little Things. Um, I don't want to, you almost like, I can't okay, tell the okay. story. That's you almost okay. have to just watch the first episode okay. and decide if you want to like it or not. It's similar, don't let this turn you off to it, but it's similar to This Is Us, but it's not quite as sappy or dramatic. Okay. It, there's a lot of humor to this. The storylines are a, a real. It's mm-hmm. like, like um, their most recent episode live air, you know, they, it, like the season, they're in the uh, pandemic. They talk about Black Lives Matter. They, um, oh, you know, talk about things like abortion and breast cancer and like it's real life stuff. 
Hmm. And um, anyway, it's really, really good. But Gary Mendez. Ugh. Yeah, so what about him? Without spoiling yeah, too much, what about he's him? He's funny. He's a leader. He's confident. He is... But yet he is I'm waiting. You attuned to other people's feelings and emotions. Okay. And he is learning how to be attuned to his own emotions and learning how to be vulnerable. And you see his journey to becoming more self-aware and vulnerable. Mm. And it, there's just nothing t hotter to me than like a guy who's like takes charge, um, is a, you know, is a good decision maker, confident, successful, and also like okay with emotions and people being vulnerable mm -hmm. and um, like understanding that like life is more than just being a guy, you know? That's so like, I yeah. just like a good combination of that. So I don't know if there's a Gary Mendez that exists, but if he does, I would love to meet him. If he does, hit us up. Yep. If you Hello. if you think you're a Gary Mendez, info at hellongobypodcast.com. <laughs> well, should we go into this interview? Let's do it. Okay. All right, guys. Well, again, uh, you know, bear with us if there's any choppiness or with the sound and everything. And you guys are going to love this interview. We'll see you after. Okay, you guys, I'm so excited to bring on our next guest. They are astrology queens and spiritual goddesses. <laughs> they are co-hosts of the podcast, the, Mo the Woke Mystic, and create a safe space for the discussions of spirituality, astrology, magic, self-care, and divinity from the perspective of perspective of two non-conforming women of color. They've been featured in Pop Sugar, Bustle, Mind Body Green, and In Style. Please welcome Imani and Ellen. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you all for being here. Yeah, thanks Thank for, having for having us. us. We're so excited to have you on. Um, I've been, I think we've talked about it in a couple of our episodes. We've been dying to have astrology experts on to talk about astrology um, because I just, I'm obsessed with like personality typing and it's just another way of typing your personality. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I listened to your, your Myers Briggs episode mm -hmm. and it was cool how you guys brought kind of the perspective of the two together. Um, so I guess just to start off with, how did you guys get into this line of work? Um, so we both kind of have our own journeys with spirituality. For me, um, Imani, it was, um, kind of instilled from my childhood. My mom was, you know, um, quote unquote spiritual. So being exposed to, um, like tarot and palm reading, astrology, um, mediumship work, that was all within our household. And so, um, I grew up with it. And as I got into adulthood, I started really claiming it as my own. Cause even if, um, I learned it from childhood, I still had to find my own identity with it. Um, and then I started doing readings in LA through different like women's circles and Ellen and I had already been friends for a few years. And we talked about how there was this need for, um, conversations around spirituality and specifically, um, coming from the perspective of two women of color mm -hmm. and creating voice within the industry for inclusion. And so from that, we created the Woke Mystics and then we really got dubbed like a astrology experts after, um, it's always been a part of our platform 
Um, but we got a, a book deal. And so we just released our book, Astrology SOS, in March, um, which is really exciting. So, yeah. And and Ellen, <laughs> Ellen has her story to share as well. Um, spirituality came to me through, honestly, holistic therapy. So my grandmother was really into um, astrology when I was younger. Like she, I, my both sides of my family are predominantly Catholic. Um, and not practicing Catholic, but that was just sort of the religion everyone was under. And my, but my grandmother was very much into aliens and like, you know, exploring all of the unknown sciences and things like that. And she was really into astrology, used to read it to me daily, like just the newspaper ones and things like that. And so from a very young age, I already had a very early introduction to astrology And then in college, I got more into like my actual birth chart and like the placements that are within the birth chart and then started reading for friends in that way. I wasn't doing it professionally on any kind of level, just for people I knew. And then after my like first major breakup um, after college, I went into therapy and started doing like holistic therapy. My therapist was very um, encouraging of me exploring what higher purpose meant to me and what spirituality meant to me because I didn't really grow up with an instilled practice growing up. So once I did that, mm. once I get, began exploring, I started getting into crystal healing, which led into altar building, which led into deities, which just dived deeper into already the interests I had as a child. So it just kind of reawakened that for me. And then once we started the Wolf Mystics, I started offering um, birth chart readings more professionally with clients and that sort of thing. And now I do a lot of transit write-ups for different platforms. And tarot is a big part of my practice as well. And yeah, that's really about it. A lot of ancestral healing too within my practice. You know, our podcast is so much about, it started out really as a podcast about like dating and stuff like that, but it's grown into this space that's really about like relationships and and authenticity and vulnerability and even kind of like wellness and wholeness in this way. Um, and so I'm really curious, like, so Imani, you're a cancer Ellen, you're a Leo, like, and the two of you have this, like, you know, really beautiful partnership from following the two of you and like listening to your podcast. So how does your awareness of that, like yourselves and one another in terms of astrologically, like inform the way you're able to kind of have a good relationship and partnership with each other? I mean, there's so, there's so many things. So you can start looking at cusp, cusp babies. So somebody who is on the verge of two signs. So I'm the cusp of cancer and Leo and also just have like a lot of Leo in my chart. Um, And then Ellen is on the cusp of Leo and Virgo. And so like, for me, I feel like I cast my net out really far and I'm like, Oh my gosh, let's go explore all this unknown territory. And then Ellen's like, okay, but wait, 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 how are we going to get there? And so like the Virgo energy comes in to like meticulously plan what it's going to look like to get out that far. And so I feel like that allows us to balance each other out um, as far as being able to um, think big, but then also gain steps to get there. Um, And then we both have a lot of Capricorn in our chart as well. It's my rising and it's Ellen's moon. And that has worked with both of us being really focused. So when you have a team of two people that are very work oriented and prioritizing work, you know, there's a balance there that doesn't happen so much if one person's work oriented and the other one's not. 
Mm. Mm, love that. Ellen, do you have anything to add to that? No, I think I agree with all of that. I think also thinking of like our ruling planets as well, like Imani's being the moon and mine being the sun. It's the only two planets that never retrograde. So like thinking of it that way as well, like they're always stationed and always going direct. So we rarely move backwards. <laughs> we're always like, we're always, we're always progressing forward and like, yeah. And thinking of things and like that way. And I think that like brings a good balance to it as well, because like with the moon being so about the emotions and the eternal processes and the sun being about the identity and the self-expression, it like balances one another out too in that way. And in, in some ways too, what's interesting is like, we're a little bit like um, the opposite reflection of each other. Like my rising is Capricorn and her moon is Capricorn. Mm-hmm. And then her rising is Pisces and my moon is Pisces. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And then like, we both mm-hmm. like share a cusp that mm-hmm. is e- like Leo's the middle, but then I'm cancer mm-hmm. on the other end and she's Virgo on the other end. So there's these interesting, like, reflection mirror yeah you guys fit well. together like two puzzle pieces like <laughs> very kind of beautiful way right yeah yeah. also yeah. like i feel like just the cusp that sounds sexual to me like like that's <laughs> <the> tip, like <laughs> yes i'm gonna have you guys because I know our audience is going to really be interested in this, but I want you guys to analyze us because um, we we have our full charts um, mm-hmm. and we don't have to, you know, go too much in, in depth mm-hmm. with it. But I am curious, you know, can you guys break down a little bit? So you mentioned like air signs, water signs. Can you go into that a little bit more? And then, um, and then maybe sun, moon, rising, what all of that means? Sure. Yeah. Um, So your sun, like people think about sun, moon and rising and like how, you know, there's so much to astrology and like those are the top three that people consider when meeting someone because they're the first three that are predominantly felt by Mm -hmm. people who don't know you. Like, so when people first meet you, they're really feeling your, your big three first before they're feeling the other placements. And your son's really the identity. It's like, I tell clients, I'm like, it's like your final Instagram filter. Like all these placements are going through this process and then it's externalized through that sun placement energy. And then your moon sign is like the dictator of your emotions, the like inner ruler of your, your emotional world and who you are when you're alone. Like when you're at home by yourself and you're not around people and you're not being stimulated by external sources, what's the moon sign doing? And then the rising is the predominant energy that's felt when you first enter a room, a room in a social circle or a social setting. Um, so it's the first impression. It's also, they call it the rising ascendant point because it's also like the big energy that you are fulfilling this lifetime as well. Like what you're fully moving into um, the big ascension point for you. And then um elements actually in our our book astrology sos at the back uh we it's it's broken up into four sections i think there's uh or maybe it's five there's all the retrogrades um and then we have all three saturn returns that you go through in your life and then we have the lunar phases moon magic um solstices and equinoxes and then it ends with compatibility and so we talk about the compatibility between each of the elements Mm -hmm. um 
but you have mm. earth, air, water, fire, and these cross over, you know, we see them within Western astrology, within Chinese astrology, we see them in the tarot deck, like they really run through everything, which makes sense because it's, it's the foundation of our earth, you know, and our ecosystem. Um, but the water, water signs are um, our emotional realm. So emotional processing, our intuition, um, you know, our alchemizing, healing. Um, and then our earth is our grounding and our practicality, our um, look at structures and systems and our like material driven state. Um, it's also our place of gratitude um, for like what we have around us, what surrounds us, um, having our earth and like the seasons that it goes through. Um, and then we have air, which is our intellectual property, our thoughts, our, um, transformations and ideas of how we want to evolve. Um, also a, our, our processing from a place of logic. Um, and then we have fire and fire is creativity. It's action oriented. Um, it can also be the destruction to start anew. Um, and it is our place of like, um, like self power. So, so what are the compatibilities of that then? Or what elements are typically kind of drawn to each other? What elements fit well together? Usually fire and air do very well together. Cause the air, like mm. they're known air stimulates fire. Like if, if you literally think of it down to an element, like think of like a, a bonfire and then think about when you apply air to that and how much bigger it gets. But then it's also one of those things too, where it can mm -hmm. become more destructive if you're not careful as well. And same with like, mm. like water. I was going to say, is that air going to blow that fire? Right. Really big? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then earth and water do mm -hmm. really well together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Water is very nurturing for earth signs. Um, and mm -hmm. earth signs are very grounding for um, water signs and like the emotions that they move through. They can hold space for them. So I'm sure like, I'm sure there's probably not like a strict, like, well, Libras do best with Aries or, or whatever. Like, I, I don't even know, but I'm just guessing. Like, I'm sure it's probably um, interchangeable, right? And it can move around and like, it depends on the moon and the rising. I don't know. It does. Is I, am I on and your Venus in, on any of this? Yeah. There's so many, Yeah, like your Venus is also really important because that's how you, how you um, operate within partnerships and relationships and romantically. There's so many different aspects to look at within mm -hmm. um, your Mercury. You can't just look at a, a sun sign. So you brought up the book, right? And I did notice that like a big section of the book was going through all the retrogrades. Um, so can <laughs> you like explain yeah. that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's about half of the book. <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> it was a big part of the book. It, 
it's a big portion of the book um, because we covered all of the retrogrades, but we're not necessarily experiencing all of those retrogrades, you know, at one time or even for a long period of time. Um, They all vary depending on which one you're looking at. Um, But, you know, a retrograde is, is giving the illusion that a planet is going backwards. And so really how that translates to us as humans is it's a time of introspection versus a time of moving forward. Um, And so we go through each one, what typically comes up, you know, we know Mercury retrograde most commonly, that's the one that we talk about a lot. Um, Or when people say like, what, when Mercury goes Gatorade. Um, And so (laughs) when that's, (laughs) there's a lot of different puns. Um, But you know, Mercury has to do with communication and technology. And so that's why we say a lot of times like planning kind of goes haywire and timing and um, double double cross your T's when reading a contract to make sure that everything is clear. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, maybe arguments start during a Mercury retrograde or your ex comes back mm-hmm. around. Um, and so we give self-care tips for each retrograde on how to manage the energy and work with the energy of um, that particular retrograde that's happening. Yeah, that's so cool. I definitely noticed, like, um, from just, like, looking at some excerpts of the book, right, I really appreciated, like, the sort of practicality of it, of, like, here's the myth that, like, change is a bad thing, and then here's how to take care of yourself, mm-hmm. like, through these times and stuff like that, so. I need this book. <laughs> you, do, you do need this book. What, what is the retrograde when you keep reaching out to your ex? <laughs> Venus, probably. Oh, that can still be. That can be Venus. Yeah. <laughs> probably Venus. <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> so would you guys mind kind of analyzing us? Sure. Yeah. What are... What's your your big three for both? Okay, of so let me pull up my chart. Oh, I, I actually know my. I actually pull, I, I looked mine up um, last night, and so I'm a Pisces, and I had a friend with me who looked at my chart, and she was like, "Wow, like so, my sun sign is Pisces, and my um, my other three, right, like Moon and Ascending, Rising." rising are all Scorpio and she's like you're all water and she somehow thought like that Mm -hmm. that was a really Mm. what's your Venus (laughs) Scorpio your Venus is Scorpio yeah damn (laughs) (laughs) that's what we call it stelium when you have three or more placements in a a sign or an element it's it's called a stelium so it's a predominant energy that you carry you got a lot of Scorpio. <laughs> so what's his predominant energy? What does that mean? Oh my God. I just like thought serious <laughs> AF. I'm like, if that's true, I don't know. I don't know. That's you you can, you can be really you can be really focused, like really focused on what he's doing. I, I yeah, feel like you ha- I feel like you have a hard time changing whatever you're in. Like if you're in like funny Jared, you're in funny Jared. If you're in like working Jared, you're in working Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like kind of like on the same line? Yeah, I just thought like Oh sorry, I was like Scorpio energy is just so like 
you're so psychic. You just pick up on everything and everyone. You're probably super observant. Um, and you probably are very guarded, honestly. Like you don't let people into your inner world a lot. <laughs> I was raised by two Scorpios, so. Yeah. I know like, it. It's like the, <laughs> know, the I guarded. That. I was just going to say, it's like that guarded energy of like, out, out of the three water signs, I would say Scorpio's like the most serious, you know what I mean? So like that guarded, like we're only getting into the deep shit kind of stuff. Sorry, but I don't, I don't know you guys as I said, the deep ish on, you know, about things like that. So with that, it's like the Pisces can make you more playful, you know, within your personality. But when it really comes down to like you in a mm-hmm. fundamental place, like that much Scorpio, I, I would definitely, and like also just being all water, um, you're yes, playful, but when it really comes down to like what's important, like you're not messing around. See, that's super interesting because I always knew my sun sign, right? And I, I always identified with like elements of, of being a Pisces, right? Like I love the water and I am a dreamer and emotional and all these things and sensitive. Um, and an ex of mine, you know, I had a relationship and like, like a year or so ago. And after that relationship was over, somebody like knowing nothing about my ex had like asked me what sign she was. And I was like, oh, she's a Scorpio. And she, and this person was like, oh, so she had like secrets. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, like, like she had like dark secrets. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then the person was like, and, and she, she like, um, like could be like mean, like, Mm. and I was like, Yeah. And, you know, and then the person was like, yeah, that's the, that's the stinger on the Scorpio. Right. And so then to see my chart last night and I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm a Scorpio. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time. Identity crisis. <laughs> it is. What, what would you guys say? Like, well, can, who were, what was your last ex's sign? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> says a lot about the comparison right there <laughs> right <laughs> you know, I don't know <laughs> the Scorpio really made an impression so so Jared being mm-hmm. <laughs> I know right <laughs> well so, probably though I mean what's so interesting one of the things you all talked about in your conflict episode right is like when something is upsetting to you or like a person mm-hmm. just is under your skin it's because they're like showing you a mirror of mm-hmm. some part of your shadow side, <laughs> yeah. right? So as you just said that, like, I'm like, oh, that was probably what's going yeah. on with this particular ex I'm thinking mm-hmm. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, what, so what would you say since Jared is like, you know, so much Scorpio and then some Pisces and all water, like what would be some healthy signs that he could, you know, be compatible with you want us to answer that before you tell us what your sign is <laughs> okay 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 all right i'll tell you mine and then we can talk about it <laughs> okay okay so first of all this is so funny so i have co-star which is like the app that like mm-hmm. you, it tells gives you your chart and then you can be friends with like other people and then it tells you your compatibility mm-hmm. with them but i just opened it 
and it says, it says something for me. It says, you have made an unrealistic connection between loving yourself and being lovable. (laughs) Damn (laughs) co-star. Which is so true. Okay. So I'm a Libra sun and ascendant. Hmm. Double. Wait, hold on. Oh, no, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ascendant and Libra, Sun and, and Libra. And then I'm a Pisces moon. Oh. And uh, my Venus is Scorpio. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, okay. Compatible. Yeah. That gives you guys, like, having your same, the same Venus, <laughs> like, will just mean, like, that you guys will have similar love languages. Like, you'll communicate and have mm-hmm. the same needs. And your and your motivations mm-hmm. for love. So we aren't together. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just we're just podcast partners, right? Oh. <laughs> Interesting. So we are we are totally platonic oh, friends. Wow, no. I thought yeah. you guys were together. Cool. That's funny. Sorry, <laughs> I, might have that. I don't know where I put that together, but somewhere along the no, line, you know what? Like we should probably explain that. At the top we we probably should. <laughs> You're like, but you guys are very compatible. <laughs> I mean, sorry. <laughs> like Venus is Venus is still uh the. It's not just like romantic love though. That's like true. Venus also like I was talking about earlier, just one on one partnerships. Like people always assume Venus is just romantic base. And we're mm-hmm. like, no, Venus is also talking about business partnerships, like friendships, mm-hmm. like best friendships. So yeah, like you two still, mm-hmm. your love languages apply to your platonic relationships as well. So it makes sense that you two are compatible in that way. And I was going to say, it's a good thing that like mm-hmm. you have such Libra energy with such deep water energy because Libra is so light and airy and fluid. And so it helps the water energy come up out of the shadows, especially with Scorpio energy, like being able to come up and see the sunshine and breathe, like having that Libra energy is a nice balance Mm. for the partnership. That's a good thing. So, so let's go back to me. (laughs) (laughs) What what do my, what do my uh, things mean? So I'm sun rising, some sun, um, Ascendant and then Moon Pisces. What does that Leo, mean? Leo Sun Leo no. Ascendant. No Libra. Libra Libra. What did I say? You said Sun Rising Sun Ascendant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so what does that mean? Because I don't even feel like I'm a Libra sometimes. That might just be also because you you know yourself best, like you have the most intimate relationship with yourself and you have a Pisces moon. Um, and as a fellow Pisces moon, (laughs) like you are always going to be in your emotions, you know, like your moon is already how you process emotions. And then it's in Pisces, which is, um, you know, it's, it's a more surface, um, water sign, which means that like your emotions are going to change and move a lot. You know, and so because of that, that paired with a Libra sun sign, which is about balance, like that can be a little bit of opposition for you Mm -hmm. of like trying to be in balance with yourself, but then always Mm. feeling like those emotions are taking you different places all the time. 
I was going to say setting boundaries is big for you. Like that's a big lesson for you this lifetime. Mm. Like Libra energy is always thinking about everyone else and like making sure everyone else is happy. And then Pisces energy is such an empathic energy. So you pick up on everyone's emotions. So learning to set really strong boundaries within yourself is super important for you during this time. Yeah, that's like spot on. Yeah, that's like 100% <laughs> spot on. <laughs> so, okay, so now what would like, so what what signs or moon or do you think that I would be more compatible with? And then what about Jared? Well, or, well, actually, maybe a, like a way of kind of getting into this, like not necessarily like so specifically. I want specific. Well, no, we will, we will, but I'm saying like, you know, people who are listening are, you know, dating or, or looking to, to find that person to have a relationship with and, and they're interested in sort of using the awareness of their own Zodiac sign and all of these things. Like, what do you recommend that people do? Like, how do you sort of apply this wisdom that comes from this form of Australia? Uh, astrology to dating and and finding relationships and and thinking about compatibility, like first in a general sense, you know? You know, I think that it'd be a big money market for a dating app to make it astrology based. And I don't know if pattern app is going to do that. There is one. Oh, there is one. There is one. Mm -hmm. It's small. It's just started last year, but I saw, I forget what it's called, but there's definitely one out there. Okay. That's already like astrology based and matches you on your birth chart. And I think pattern astrology <laughs> app is also trying to go in that direction. Working on is it. working on it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that if you're trying to seek somebody out before you've met them, um, you can do it through an astrology dating app. But otherwise, if you're still mm-hmm. meeting people the old school way, you know, by divine timing and divine chance, um, then you're looking at your chart um, after the fact to see different elements and how they work with each other. So um, again, back like in our book, in the um, compatibility section, we tell you to look at your top big three and then your Venus and your Mercury um, being the main ones of how you're going to communicate, how your love languages are going to be, and even your Mars if you want to see like sexual compatibility as well. My my Mars is Aquarius, and then mm. my Mercury is Scorpio. My mm. Mars is Pisces, and my Mercury is Aquarius. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, look at that! <laughs> I'm telling y'all, you guys are really compatible. That's good. It's good for friendship. <laughs> well, and so okay, so you want to know specific? Yeah, I just want to. Okay, so like, okay, so like, my last boyfriend was a Sagittarius. And then my boyfriend before that was a Leo. And then my ex-husband was a Gemini. I feel like I'm drawn to Geminis. (laughs) My best friend's a Gemini. And then the Leo was a really strong, like, passionate relationship. And then the Sagittarius was, like, um, I just felt like he never put his walls down for me. Um. So I don't know. Does any of that make sense? And what would a sign that I would do really well with be? Those are the top three for Libra, honestly. Like oh. the Gemini energy <laughs> is also 
like that that that's like if I was gonna do a synastry compatibility chart, I would say those are the top three for Libra. Like Gemini energy is also another energy that's about balance, but also the balance of shadow and light and understanding um, you know, the darkness and lightness that live within people. And so with the Libra, like harmonious energy, it's like the two trying to balance one another is this really beautiful compatibility that happens there. And then Libra's energy of like just loving life and loving beauty and aesthetic and luxury and romance really plays into the Leo's love of like beauty and love and luxury mm-hmm. and romance in that way. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. That was very com- like passionate for the two of you. And then Sagittarius energy is so like philosophy based and just loves to be mentally stimulated. So usually Libras are very compatible with that sign as well, because it's always like craving the new and the adventure and Libras love to feed that. So yeah, you definitely mm. hit your big three for sure. Compatibility. Oh, good. <laughs> You're on the right track. Good news. It's interesting when you come back to the elements again. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you're pairing um, air and mm-hmm. fire together, as we were saying yeah. before. Well, well, thank you guys for doing that. I know you probably uh, charge for that. <laughs> <laughs> so we appreciate. <laughs> we, we always say we bring people on for us, really. <laughs> no, well, I was going to add most of what we went over, go, we go in depth in the book. So yeah. Yeah. if anybody is interested in, in the things that we covered, of course, they can get the book. And then if they right. want an in-depth you know, birth chart analysis. That's something that, that Ellen does. Yeah. Do you have any? Yeah. So I'm wondering like, just maybe as we like look towards wrapping up, like one of the things I appreciate about what you all do is it's, it's about so much more than astrology. Right. And, and, you know, like even in the sort of intro stuff on your website, right. You know, words like magic and divinity, and there's so many dimensions to that. And, um, and I know like a lot of people hear astrology and they sort of get that kind of skepticism or cynicism about it. And so I'm wondering, like, you know, I, I will say it resonates really deeply for me of this idea of leaning into intuition to there are things going on that like we don't immediately perceive. Right. And, and the idea of, um, you know, like mystery and mysticism and stuff like that, like feels really resonant to me. But I guess my question is sort of like, you know, well, well, maybe the question is like, what was your journey in terms of like leaning into this and accepting that stuff rather than having that sort of skeptical kind of defended take it on it? Um, <clears throat> for me, uh, I'm so drawn to the unknown and like the ethereal that actually astrology for me is very practical. It's very science-based. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I like use tarot cards or look at astrology, like I'm doing a lot of it from an intuitive place versus like a practicality, like looking at the nits and bolts of things. Um, because mm. I like, I'm so much about expansion. And so like I do a lot of work in quantum. And so quantum is all about multidimensional realities, like things that are not tangible that you can't touch, um, but you can feel. And through all of that, it's confirmation that it's real. And so 
astrology to me, I'm like, oh, that's science. <laughs> like, that's the most practical thing that there is. Um, <clears throat> so when you are getting really far out into what is possible, I think that astrology is very practical. But if you are coming from our 3D dimension, there's nothing else out there except for us in 3D. Um, and you're looking at like, you know, science from a chemistry and biology standpoint, then astrology is going to seem very ethereal, very um, non-tangible. It's going to be like, you know, that's going to be the the limit for what is esoteric. But it really depends where your pinpoint is and how far out you're looking. Yeah, I would say astrology is ancient also, like, it just, it was here before a lot of the modern sciences were like a lot of our, you know, ancient philosophers that we admire, we still quote to this day used astrology and astronomy as a form of conducting their lives. And a lot of our modern society was actually built upon the transits of the planets and was scheduled around that. And so I think it's, I understand the skepticism of it, but also there's a way of also taking the ego out of it as well and understanding that you are connected to something much bigger than yourself mm. and understanding that the planets are not controlling just like your, you, they're also controlling nature and the elements and the way things work in that way. So it's about taking the, the ego out of your observation of the world and seeing yourself mm. as part of this greater framework of the universe and how it's moving in that way there's a reason why everyone starts acting up around yeah. the full moon. Like yeah. there's a re the ocean is pulled by the moon, like, you know, to take yourself out of it and see that, Oh, there's some bigger elements at play in this world other than just like what's happening within me internally. That's how I like to like observe astrology in that way. Mm. Yeah. That's so cool. And cause I think about, you know, like we've, you know, like this sort of like post uh, enlightenment, like rationalist thought of like, well, like, you know, we're humans and, and we're like these rational thinking creatures, which separates us from the rest of nature and whatever. And it's like, no, 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 we're still acted on by nature in the same way, you know, and actually that trying to, that egoic, like making that division is like, I think something that's really limiting in our lives in this idea. Like I know for me, like my journey through a lot of therapy and meditation has been moving out of my head and trying to reconnect with my heart and my body. And so everything you just said about that, like larger connection with my body and my heart and, and the earth and the moon and nature and the oceans and all these things like really makes a ton of sense to me. And, and I'm curious, like we might like wrap up with this, but like, um, so you all started, you all teamed up and started the woke mystics, like two years ago now, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, what was your, like, I guess, what was your kind of mission uh, when you wanted to, to sort of start doing that with each other and, and kind of where are you at now and what's next? You know, as I mentioned before, Ellen and I both have a lot of Capricorn in our chart. So I had had other people in the past attempt to like asked to, to work on something together. But as soon as I like brought out the paper, I went to business school. So like my, my mind straight goes to like, okay, let's make a business model. What's the long-term goal here? What's the branding? Usually people kind of get a little bit freaked out and they're like, oh, I just wanted to have fun. I'm like, okay, glad we got that out of the way now. <laughs> and so when doing that with Ellen, like we sat down one evening and took out the drawing paper and like talked about 
what the target market was going to be and like how to really make a substantial business model that would work. Um, and then of course, like the mission is, is what keeps it alive. And the mission was around bringing inclusivity and diversity to the wellness space. Um, because the wellness industry is like, it's a booming industry, especially Mm -hmm. as we've just come into age of Aquarius and like we're expanding curiosity within spirituality, um, as a collective and it's really needed. And so that conversation is happening, but you know, in Western culture and capitalism, we're like pulling from different cultures and cultural appropriation is coming in. And we're also in the heat of a civil rights movement and, So there's all of these different things to take into account, and we are helping to keep ourselves and others accountable um, within that, because sometimes when you get into the spiritual space, you can get real woo-woo and real like love and light, which is beautiful, but we need to address the shadow work um, as well and and have balance with both. Mm. And so the mission was really to create a space where we're having honest conversations around spirituality and wellness and also amplifying different voices within the space. Um, so that was like the mission of what we were here to do. And then we had a plan executed to make that happen. Um And so it's making that platform grow bigger. So, you know, we started as a podcast, but now we're also authors and have a book and that will expand. And then, um, you know, we also uh, are just trying to bridge and make it more um, uh, tangible for people. So giving larger access. So the more that we can have the platform expand in that way so that more people can reach us and see us, the better. Um, yeah. And then we both have our like own individual, um, you know, messages and, um, directions that we want to go for me. I'm really drawn to like entertainment and spirituality. So we haven't seen a lot of this crossover into, um, what we watch on TV and having mysticism be like this everyday thing that we see, um, played out. So I'm really, I like to, give people a visual for what that looks like. And that's a lot of mine. And then I'll let Ellen share on hers. Yeah. The, I think with the woke mystics, like the platform, we were just, we were both a little bit frustrated with just seeing the lack of diversity in the space. And so, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, when you see the void, like fill it, like make the, you know, make the platform and they will come. And we've definitely had some very, Mm. um, like positive responses and like our community has grown so much within the past like year and a half, I would say it's been just so consistent and it's brought in so much um, opportunity and diversity also into the space. And we've had a lot of people like thank us who, you know, don't necessarily live in like LA too. That's a privilege as well. Like living in a place where like spirituality is kind of normalized, like a lot of our listeners are international because they just don't have that kind of community in their spaces as well. So being able to feel like they're seen mm. and heard and they have resources available to them is really beautiful. Um, for me individually, I really thrive in like community spaces. I love teaching. I love like public speaking and talking about these um, topics in community with people and bringing in like just making sure that diversity is seen in all aspects of the space and like making sure that people know that they can take these practices and awaken their own inner healer. Like, I don't think we have to rely so heavily upon other practitioners to, you know, do this different work for us. Like, I'm like, if I can give you the tools to help you do this on a daily practice for yourself, then I feel 
like I'm doing my job and my personal mission in that way. So I really love working in community spaces and collaborating in that way. Creativity, I have an art and design background. So I've been trying to like do the crossover between art, creativity, and spirituality and like creating that as well. I have a real big passion for artistic direction and creative direction. So that's something I've been exploring this year and I'm moving into more and more. So that's been really beautiful as well to see the art kind of overlap with the spiritual practices and bringing that to life. Well, we just want to thank both of you for coming on again. It was just such a pleasure talking to two beautiful women inside and out. And we just want our audience to um, support you guys and to follow you and send you love. So where can our audience find you? Um, our website is thewokemystics.com and mystics is M-Y-S-T-I-X. Um, that is also the same name for our Instagram, the woke mystics. And we, um, share, you know, when an episode episode drops on our Instagram, as well as different transits that are occurring. Um, and our book astrology SOS is on Amazon. It's at Barnes and Noble. Um, it's now at urban outfitters online. Um, and find the direct link on our website. Imani and Ellen, thank you guys again so much for being on our show. We really appreciate you and all your wisdom. Yes, loved it. All right, guys. Well, um, make sure to follow them on all of their platforms and then follow us on Instagram at hello and goodbye podcast at underscore Leanna Joan at the real Jared Rodriguez. Um, Patreon.com slash hello goodbye podcast. Everything is on our website, www dot hello and podcast.com including youtube sponsors social media patreon episodes bios bios yeah that's it yeah all right guys well hopefully uh i'll have i'll Stay finish tuned. that yeah finish that cliffhanger for you guys next week bye